0: Hello, anti-culture listeners, and welcome to season five of our show. I'm your host, Josiah Sinanen, and I'm so looking forward to be sharing another collection of unique stories and worldviews this season. If you're tuning into the show for the first time, welcome. This is a safe space where I highlight the vastness of our worldviews, opinions, and stories with people from all walks of life. Not to serve any agenda, not to compartmentalize anyone, not for the sake of my perspective being highlighted. I did, however, create anti-culture so I could challenge our concept of what culture is. I like to introduce myself every season as your culturally ambiguous and culturally mixed host, and both statements are true. Anti-culture first started in 2017 to try and express a phenomenon I experienced growing up here in Canada, where my cultural ambiguity wasn't as easily understood at the time. Because of my ethnic mix and my personality, a lot of people didn't know where I came from or where I fit in, and I found that interesting because try as people might, I didn't quite fit into any box. No base level assumptions you might associate with me at first glance ever landed. This had its benefits. I found myself having extremely candid conversations with my peers as I grew up. Conversations about race, cultural identity, family, career, and the assumptions that hold all of us down. We all get boxed in somewhere, and this is what I had in common with everyone else. I decided to get a degree in international relations, became well-traveled, and let my own curiosity feed itself. How we see each other in groups and cultures is something I started to think about a lot. And I became grateful that no one could place me. I became confident in talking to pretty much anyone. So one day I thought, what if I recorded some of these conversations? What if I led by example, and had unbiased, empowering, and dignifying conversations with the people that we like to put in boxes? What if I could make everyone relatable to someone, even if at their core, they might disagree with one another or never come into contact with one another? To challenge myself and this concept, I created Anti Culture, a mission to redefine what cultural identity means. Last year was such a busy year for me and we made new strides as a show and a community Thanks to you listeners, I was the recipient of the 2021 Canadian Podcast Award for Outstanding Society and Culture. I want to continue to provide you stories that inspire, challenge thought, and bring us together, and I hope that this season more than any, I can continue to create that space. Before we begin our episode today, I wanted to mention that Anticulture is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network featuring shows that have been homegrown here in Alberta, Canada, including one of my new favourites, the French language programme La Place. La Place is a podcast about local Franco-Albertan communities seen through the lens of drink, culture, and history. I love this show because it highlights the rich Franco-Albertan identity we have right here in the province, which I've covered before on my show. So check it out if you're a Francophile like me. Today's episode is extremely important, and I'm starting off the season with a very special guest. Featured on the BBC, CNN, La Figo, Al Jazeera, and more, I am honored to have hosted a conversation with Fatima Hosseini. Fatima is an Afghan photographer and women's rights activist who recently won the Hypatia International Award as a recognition for her contribution to the advancement of scientific knowledge and the improvement of life. She's potentially best known for her fashion photography on the streets of Afghanistan, highlighting femininity in a nation where it has almost always been suppressed. Today, we talk about her journey into advocacy, her life in Afghanistan, and what she sees for the future of her country after the Taliban took over in August of this year. This episode is an emotional one, so be prepared if you're easily impacted by stories like these. The team is currently based in Paris, France, after leaving Afghanistan, and we recorded our chat in a mix of voice clips rather than a traditional interview. She first caught my attention when I saw an Instagram story of hers, leaving Afghanistan for what she fears is the last time since the Taliban took rule in August of this year. Her caption read, Goodbye to my homeland. I don't know when I will see you again.
1: We lost everything within hours after taliban took over the capital of afghanistan kabul the people who killed my people for 20 years they killed my students they were against our ideology our democracy in afghanistan and i had been forced to leave afghanistan because because i was in danger and i didn't know that how i could uh, raise my voice and i how, how i could continue my way in in the in in without freedom in a a regime that they don't understand anything about culture and art and women.
0: As I mentioned before, Fatima Hosseini is an artist, writer, and women's rights advocate with Afghan Roots. Hosseini was born in Tehran, Iran, and she is the founder of the Masterat organization, which helps to support female artists in Afghanistan through scholarships and workshops, and by organizing art and peace summits, curating art exhibitions, and attending global conferences. She's the youngest recipient of the Hepatia International Award, and she was also a teacher in Afghanistan, teaching at the art faculty at Kabul University from 2018 to 2019. She's worked and advocated on women and refugee rights on national and international platforms, and her work tells powerful stories of identity and femininity in Afghanistan. Stay tuned at the end of the episode so you can find out how you can be a part of her story. And without further ado, here is my conversation with the wonderful Fatima Hosseini. Fatima, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. It means so much to us that you can make this work. And I just kind of wanted to start from the beginning with you, people that are new to your work, people who may have discovered you through your photography. Talk to us a little bit about how you got into photography and what that has meant to you and give us a little bit of a background as to how that became such a part of your life.
1: Hello, this is Fatima Usaini. Uh Actually, I was born in Tehran and I studied and I grew up in Tehran and I studied one industrial engineering and then um, I used to paint when I was a teenager in Tehran. But uh, it was always, um, you know, I, I could feel it always that I, I am an artist inside and I was an artist inside, but But I didn't realize it um, since I started uh, studying engineering uh, in the university. But after four years and for my first bachelor in industrial engineering, I decided to uh, give an academic uh, experience to my art and to my passion and to the things that I was dreaming about. So I got a scholarship about photography in Tehran University and I started photography but before that um I always um wanted to be an artist and to to tell about my works and my thoughts without my images and I used to paint the the, the photos that I took. It uh, photography for me means that I can tell my words I can tell what is happening in my mind and what is happening in my heart, actually. And uh, what, it, what is like my thoughts about the world. Uh, I can say my message by my photos. And of course, my, my camera is my weapon now in this situation and in this world. And I can talk about my art and I can talk to the world with my images, with my photographs.
0: I love what you said about your camera being your weapon now. That is so powerful. And I'm sure there's so many people that are thankful that you took that step, especially when you brought that back to Afghanistan. Speaking of all your work, you have done exhibitions and writings across the world, and it has resulted in a global impact. And I'm curious, what is the most memorable piece of work that you have been a part of, in your opinion?
1: Uh, the most uh, memorable piece of work I have been a part of... Um, actually, I cannot say any specific uh, memory because or any special memory because I always had different experiences in some countries and some areas that I try to show my photos and to talk about the women of Afghanistan and also any photographs that I had and I exhibited. It was always different experiences. I mean, in one side... I could change a part of a community about Afghanistan and in another side. So many people blame me that, um, why you show Afghan women in this way? And of course, in some other parts, it was like so shocking for them to see. uh, I mean, I can say that as an, an Afghan artist and as an Afghan woman artist in this way, and of course, those photos of Afghan women, so it was very like different in any part of my life and my journey about exhibiting my photos, but um at least it was amazing for me that i I was talking about all my experiences and all the experiences that I had in life um from identity, gender my migration, and everything that I experienced, so it was so pure for me to talk about. What whatever happened to me, and whatever, that it was challenging for me.
0: For those of you that are unfamiliar with the rights of women in Afghanistan, it is a long and complex history. Women's rights in the country since the 1990s have almost served as a symbol for the meaning of femininity to the rest of the world. And our opinions of what's happening in Afghanistan have caused a lot of extremes that may or may not be fully understood. This ranges from France's justification of completely banning the burqa, which they say is a stance for women's freedoms, to global efforts of human rights organizations and the UN pressing for new laws in the country that would even allow women to include their names on their children's birth certificates. Fatima's images of women on the streets of Kabul, adorned in beautiful clothing, smiling, walking, and even unnaturally and under Fatima's guide posing are divisive for a nation like Afghanistan with such a history. The Taliban's initial rule in the country in the 1990s severely restricted women's rights. And one of their first adjustments in society was the covering of women at all times with a burqa, restricting any kind of personal expression. And this also was paired with silence. They believed that no stranger should hear a woman's voice. It's become a bit of an internet trend, and you may have seen this as you've been surfing, to show and share images of Afghanistan in the 70s and 80s, where women had more freedom in the country under communist rule. They were able to dress as they wanted and become more involved in society. When you look at the photographs from that era, it paints a very different picture than what we see today, and the reputation that Afghanistan has today. So Fatima's work directly challenges the importance of the female place in society and encourages women to appreciate what makes them who they are. Her work is brave, it stands in the face of the new Taliban rule, and she is unapologetic for the work that she's done.
1: When we talk about uh, Afghan women or women in Afghanistan, Unfortunately, it always has been given less opportunities and had been known for their weakness rather than strength and had been noticed. Um, when you talk about Afghanistan, it mostly, uh, the dark side of Afghan women' life had been shown, uh, such as the regulation of wearing burqa or as seen as mere part of property. Uh, It has gotten even more extreme in the recent history of Afghanistan after the start of civil wars. You know, it it always mostly talk about uh, the dark side of Afghanistan and, of course, Afghan women. And, of course, their abilities are overlooked and their voices go uh, unheard. Um, That... uh, um, I think the challenges that Afghan women have gone through over the history have been very different and arguably harder than anywhere else in the world. For me, Afghan women—it means full of resilience, uh, full of hope, beauty, resilience, because they—they—they they, they try to build their life, they their own self in any um, situation, you know, in any. Um, dark side of their life. For me, uh, my works, the beauty and mm, like the female identity, the femininity that I tried to cover from Women of Afghanistan were so important because I could see that how women in a province in the middle of mountains still thinking about beauty and still they, they make a hat, they make a textile with their hands, with nothing, with no facilities, Still in that situation, they, they think about the beauty, you know, they think about the femininity. And of course, the, the, their, their desire to be free and the um, liberty that Afghan women have inside is, is so important for me. And of course, I, could, I can see that uh, and I could see that in Afghanistan.
0: What does Afghanistan mean to you? Do you think there is hope for the country and the culture after the Taliban rule?
1: As I said, Afghanistan for me is my home. Afghanistan is my identity. is my motherland. is a is is, is somewhere that I cannot find it anywhere in the world because I am belong to Afghanistan and I um, left my comfort zone. I left my family. I left everything that I had in Tehran. I was born there, but because of Afghanistan. And I just wanted to work there to, to discover Afghanistan and to talk about its beauties and not the dark side, not the war. But for now, I am so hopelessness. I, 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 I think Afghanistan went back to 20 years ago. And uh, my like the women of Afghanistan is, is again fighting for their very simple rights we lost our democracy we lost our everything within hours and now taliban, uh, afghanistan is in the hand of taliban and uh, there is no hope under this regime there is no hope for women as you see they banned school for school uh, for the for girls they don't let women to go back to work I mean, as you see that they, how they staged a crazy outfit and and the clothes that is not the, the real outfit for Afghan women in Afghanistan. And they want to, like, they don't know anything about culture, about art, about how to behave, with like how to respect women in Afghanistan. And of course, when you are talking about the war zone, everything is crazy and under Taliban regime of course it's most crazy crazy because given the dark experience of afghan people from Taliban regime we could see that they 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 can't see and they can't share any space for women of afghanistan for women so how we can be how we can be hopeful and how we can say that Taliban changed and they will respect women they will share their place they they will respect the gender equality, not anymore. And um, I hope just, I uh, I am just, uh, I just I hoping and wishing that they had, cha- they had, they changed and they ha- at least respect women. They let women to go back to work and to work as a man in Afghanistan. And at least having their very first and simple human rights in Afghanistan.
0: You recently posted a story on Instagram of you leaving Afghanistan with a heartbreaking write-up about how you may never see your country again. And I think that that's something that so many of us can't even conceptualize. I can't imagine thinking that one day Canada would just be gone and I would have to leave and I would never know the country that I knew. Can you walk us through your thoughts and feelings with that situation and where you're at now.
1: Uh, Afghanistan was a name for me since 2013 that I went to Afghanistan for the first time for for some of my paperwork. And then I decided to go back again. And in 2015 and 16, I went back to Afghanistan again and again. And in 2018, I decided to move to Afghanistan and to leave there. I started with teaching at Kabul University, and then I established my organization to work from for women peace, art, and youth and Then I started to work on my first photo book about unseen portrait of Afghan women but Unfortunately, after all this happens in Afghanistan and we built a democracy and we 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 tried a lot at least I can say the new generation of Afghanistan um we lost everything within hours. After Taliban took over the capital of Afghanistan, Kabul, the people who killed my people for twenty years, they killed my students. They were against our ideology, our democracy in Afghanistan, and I had been forced to leave Afghanistan because because I was in danger, and I didn't know that how I could uh, raise my voice and I how, how I could continue my way in in the, in, in, without freedom in a, in a regime that they don't understand anything about culture and art and women. So it was so heartbreaking and it, it still, it hurts me minutes by minutes when I think about it, because Afghanistan was for me, Afghanistan was my home, was my motherland, was my identity. But now I have no words to say about it because I'm not sure that when I will go, go back to Afghanistan and when I will be able to go back.
0: Tell us about your organization, Masturat.
1: Uh, Masturat is a nonprofit organization that I established it with one of my colleagues in 2019 in Afghanistan to work for women, art, youth and peace. And to share opportunities with 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 the young generation of Afghanistan, especially women, to talk about the soft power of arts and use it in their every walks of life, and to talk about it in the world. And uh, Masturat is the name of the first school that's established by Queen Soraya uh, during Durrani the d- d- during. Um, Amanullah Khan dynasty Um, and it was for me it was a sign of uh, how uh, sharing a space with women how to give them an opportunity how to how to talk about um, um, how to talk about women in such a country you know and for me it was important because when you think about when you talk about the war zone women and art are the two most important subject that it's overlooked and underestimated. So I just wanted to share a platform to talk about these two uh, forgotten subjects.
0: Now you just won the Hypatia International Award. You're one of the youngest recipients and you had a bit of a journey to get your award in Italy this past week. Can you tell us a little bit about the award and what it means to you and also what brought you to finally get to accept it in Italy.
1: I won a international award in June, 2020. Uh, but I, but due to COVID restrictions, everything postponed to October, 2021. And I came a long way to, to receive my award with my hands, you know. When I was in Tehran, COVID happened and then I was in Afghanistan. I got stuck there and then I wanted to try from Italian embassy in Tehran, but due to restriction for refugees, I couldn't get out. I mean, I couldn't uh, travel. Um, And of course, when I came back to Afghanistan to apply, uh, Italian embassy closed um, in Afghanistan. So it was very mm, like long journey. But uh, this... um, award Uh, like it was an award um, like for the professional work of women and men who with their commitment in the field of research arts and professions have contributed to the advancement of scientific knowledge and the improvement of life and uh, it was a very um, great event uh, organized by SICOB Italy um, in in, uh, Orvieto and there were like um, 10 professors that they they were all winners and I was the youngest one. And after that, I had an exhibition in Academy of Fine Art in Lecce and to talk about the beauty, hope and femininity of Afghan women in the academy and also the university in south of Italy. It was such a great, you know, a great uh, experience and I could see that uh, there were some people in my exhibition and in my uh, uh, like speech that they didn't even heard about Afghanistan or anything that they had heard. It was about war, it was about uh, terrorists, it was about, it, was, it was about Taliban but I brought something different for them from Afghanistan and it was the beauty and hope and femininity of my country, of my the women of my country so it was it was the most beautiful part of this journey
0: can you tell us a little bit about what you're hoping to do next now that you're in france and you're in this situation what what does the future look like for you
1: um now i am safe I left my country with a broken heart still I am traumatized still I can't stop thinking about Afghanistan and people in Afghanistan and especially women in Afghanistan and how we lost a huge huge human resource in Afghanistan and it still breaks me it still kills me minutes by minutes but but I want to be hopeful for the future and I will continue my way here, my education, my way for working. I, I will take photograph, photographs more and more and to talk about women of Afghanistan and talk about Afghanistan more and more. At least I am here, I can raise my voice without fear. I have a place to work as an artist and nobody can limit me or can um, restrict me for, from anything. Um, and I just want to continue my way as an Afghan woman artist in exile and as an Afghan woman artist who lost her country but still with a, with, a, with a strong hope.
0: Fatima Husseini is on Instagram where you can follow along on her journey and see all of her photos from Afghanistan. Her handle is Fatima Hosseini, that's F-A-T-I-M-A-H-H-O-S-S-A-I-N-I. From there, you can also check out her organization, Masterat, at masterat underscore org, and also check out her website where you can find all of her resources and works. Thank you for tuning in to our first episode of Anticulture Season 5, and bearing with us as we worked through the voice note interview this week. To check out more of our show, visit us at josiahpodcast.com, And feel free to reach out on social media at Josiah Podcast. If you were impacted by Fatima's story and want to find out more resources about women's rights in Afghanistan, please follow her along and check out her website to see what you can do next. Today's episode was also brought to you by Park Power. If you're in Alberta, they are a great provider of internet, electricity and natural gas with low rates, awesome service and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose where you buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. Park Power has low overhead, which in turn allows them to offer low competitive rates. You can reach out for a no obligations comparison by emailing estimates at parkpower.ca. If you decide to switch, it's easy. It's really just a change to your billing and you can feel good knowing you're helping to give back to our communities with your utility bills. Learn more at parkpower.ca. Once again, I'm your host, Josiah Sinanin, and I'll see you next week for another episode of Anticulture.